Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Oh, hello chickens. Another day, another theory. Hello, chickens. The fabulous Adam Richard here with my theories about Doctor Who. Um, I really haven't spoken this week at all about Orphan 55, which is probably for the best, I'm sure some of you are thinking. Uh, Now, James on Twitter had a theory about Spyfall Parts 1 and 2. Yeah, I'm still going into that, Uh, which is shocking theory alert from James. Spyfall is a spiritual successor to the ultimate foe. Uh, surprise Master, the Master's TARDIS is a shack, Gallifrey's corrupt past is revealed, the High Council falls, the Master playing others against each other, the plot is really complicated. This is all very interesting. Uh, bonus, uh, the Ultimate Foe DVD has the panel discussion with a very young Chris Chibnall critiquing season 23, although he thought the Ultimate Foe was okay. Um, Ultimate Foe is the final two parts that end the 14-episode story that is uh, The Trial of a Time Lord, um, which is on Blu-ray now. I'm yet to watch it. Uh, I do have it, though, because I have to buy everything with my $7 that I've got left from not doing any jobs this year. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I hear you, James, and I raise you. <laughs> Orphan 55 is in fact. Are you ready for this? This is this is this is going to this is going to blow your mind. Terror of the Vervoids. <laughs> okay, I know I already said it was the Macro Terror. Now it's also Terror of the Vervoids, which is a uh, a chunk of the Trial of a Time Lord series uh where we get to meet Mel for the first time, Bonnie Langford's character. Um, and Honor Blackman is in it, who was originally in The Avengers before uh, Diana Rigg. Uh, anyway, Terror of the Vervoids has uh, some questionable-looking aliens uh, and people on holidays. Because uh, I, I, One thing I found bizarre about 
Orphan 55 uh, is that it's only 45 minutes uh, and so much happens because it does feel like an old school Doctor Who. Like, you know, the, the first maybe 10 minutes feels like the the first episode of Terror of the Vervoids. A bunch of people on a space cruise having a perfectly nice time on holidays until the scary vagina penis plants wake up. That is what they look like and I'm using medical terminology because... Seriously, like, go and watch it. That's what they look like. They wake up and uh, start killing everyone. Now, I will say about Orphan 55, there was... I had some some issues with the direction of... Now, most of the direction is great. Like, there's a lot going on in this episode and, you know, it kind of hangs together as well as it could. But uh, there's just, like... You know, I know we only see flashes of the dregs really early in the episode, but it feels like we see too much of them. Because, like, script-wise, I don't think we're meant to see any of them. Uh, because the it feels like that scene in the steam room is written as a really tense moment. And I, I, I think that's when we're first meant to get our first good look at the dregs as they're stalking Ryan and his new thumb-sucking mate. Oh, by the way, sucking your thumb and waving away uh, (laughs) hallucination bats. One of my favourite moments in this episode. There are so many cute moments in this episode. Like, there's so much stuff in this episode that I really like. But I feel like the, the Christmas tree that all these ornaments are hung on has only six branches and the ornaments are too heavy and they're dragging it down. That is a weird uh, metaphor. Adam Richard has a metaphor. That should be the name of this podcast. <laughs> I have a terrible metaphor for storytelling. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's. I felt like that should have been a much more tense moment and that it wasn't because we'd already seen heaps of the dregs. Uh, and then we see more and more of the dregs as the episode goes on. Also, I'm... I know I mentioned it in the first episode this week, but that moment where where Billy is banging on the door uh, and says, can you please kill me? Which is really, really sad and heartbreaking and terrifying. Uh, and then we don't get that scene. Like, it's just a, a brief throwaway conversation with Kane afterwards. Uh, I, I just... You know, with the the little truck thing that they go out in uh, and, you know, they're all running away from the truck and they're people getting dragged through the floor, R.I.P. hyphen with a three, um, who the doctor threatened to bark at. <laughs> that was, again, one of my favourite, one of the large ornaments on the very small tree. Um, but that, that moment was, uh, like, with them running around, the you know, kind of, Gun-toting marines, the big truck, the aliens coming. Like, it was James Cameron's aliens. Like, this is this is what I'm saying about Ed Heim just pulling his favourite kinds of, of sci-fi tropes. Maybe not even realising that these are in his head and that, you know, it's kind of like a collage of, of, of old-school science fiction. We've got the aliens bits, we've got the Planet of the Apes bits, you know, with this really being Earth all along. And again, more more proof uh, to uh, <laughs> to James from Twitter that this entire series so far has been a riff on Trial of a Time Lord. Who knew that was going to be the episode that kept rearing its ugly head? So we've had the Mysterious Planet, we've had Terror of the Vervoids, and we've had the Ultimate Foe. Is the next episode going to be Mind Warp? <laughs> 
Are we going to get a companion who is taken over by a monster with a shaved head? Uh, who knows? Ryan already has a shaved head, so we're halfway there. Um, the, the doctor saying that they breathe carbon dioxide out like a really angry tree made me laugh. Uh, also, um, when uh, Yaz picks up on the doctor's post-Gallifrey, post-master mood and, and calls her, you know, says... Hopefully this will get you out of your Marty mood. Uh, Marty, gorgeous use of a very northern English uh, uh, <laughs> piece of slang. It, they use it a lot in Coronation Street. It's uh, looking back the definition of it. Um, apparently, it, it used to mean a, a spoilt child in the nineteenth century. Um, so yeah, it's uh, Marty mood is 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 you know the mood of a spoiled child. Like uh, and and the Doctor does seem a bit more, I don't know, grim than spoiled childish. But she is like a child generally, so, you know, it kind of works. Um, I really loved the virus that could jump from machine to person. I thought that was one of the strikingly original ideas in this episode, given that there's so much, uh, you know, pulled from other sources and so many, so much well-trodden ground. You know, even the, oh, even the whole place blowing up at the end, like which is the end of about 80% of Doctor Who episodes, <laughs> especially the base under siege. The base always blows up at the end because it's the only way to get rid of the monsters that have taken over the base that was under siege. I really like the virus jumping into the, and the, but the, the weird the virus being used as a kind of you know weird plot point at the end I wasn't mad for, but ah, look, it was fine. Also, while I'm talking about giant ornaments weighing down these tiny branches, arguing over the washing up as the house burns down, it's a glorious line, but it felt so awkwardly placed. I feel like this episode is kind of undercooked writing-wise. Like, it feels like, you know, all of these things were here and all of these great moments were, were ready to go and... And it just like the story didn't hold together very well. And it's, it's you know, like trying to, it's like six pieces from six different jigsaws. And they've all been sort of jammed in to form one picture. And it just doesn't look right because they're six pieces from different jigsaws. And it's not the jigsaw we wanted. Anyway, as I say all the time, just because it's not the way I wanted it to be doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I mean, it is, so much happens in this episode. It is a breakneck pace. And compared to, you know, some very old Doctor Who's, like this, there's, a, there's probably a bit as much happening in here as happens in the entire 12 episode Dalek Master Plan from the 60s. So, realistically, it's, there's, there's so much to like that the things that annoy me, I think I'm, I'm happy to to go without them. Anyway, uh, tomorrow I will be delving into your opinions about Orphan 55. Please send them to me on email, theory at adamrichard.com.au, at adamrichard on Twitter and Instagram, fabulous Adam Richard on Facebook. I'll talk to you tomorrow. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.